Welcome to This Is Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about community health workers. And as a matter of fact, we have three in the studio, and uh, one that will be joining us a little bit later on on the phone. In studio, we have Victoria Adeyumi. Adeyumi? Close. Adeyumi. Adeyumi. Okay. Yes. Victoria Adeyumi. Paula Smith, that's a little bit easier, and uh, Sandra Osorio. Sandra is the uh, interpreter services coordinator and medical interpreter and a CHW as well, a community health worker at Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. Uh, ladies, welcome. Thank you. And in two cases, welcome back to uh, Sandra and Paula and uh, Victoria. Welcome to you. Thank you so Great much. Great to have you with us in studio. And uh, Victoria will we'll give you the first question. What is a CHW? Well, thank you so much for asking. A CHW or community health worker is a frontline public health worker. We really think of them as folks who are experts in community. Their superpower, as I like to call it, is that they have an intensely close relationship with communities that are served. And so they are able to facilitate better health outcomes because they have lived experience, they have community trust, they have established relationships, and they're able to leverage those relationships to really support people to reach the optimal health they possibly can. So we'll be using the the acronym uh, throughout yeah. the program, CHW, or Community Health Worker. And uh, Paula, give us a little uh, historical perspective and, and context of uh, CHWs in New Hampshire. Well, I could go way, way back to when they started in China with the barefoot doctors Come or on. the Russian felsers, <laughs> but I, I won't do that. Um, but in, um, in the U.S., community health workers really started in the 1960s. Um, New Hampshire was late to the party, um, but, but we have a, a growing and robust program now. Um, places like... Uh, Texas and California, Minnesota, Arizona, Massachusetts, they they really were leaders in the community health worker movement. Um, Nothing about us without Mm -hmm. us is a CHW motto. And we think of community health workers really, as Victoria said, as the bridge between the community and like health, public health, Mm -hmm. oral health, behavioral health services. Um, And so in New Hampshire, we started our first CHW training program um, in the southern part of the state here in 2013. And so we've been doing training for 10 years. Um, And then we also have training up at the North Country Health Consortium, which is in Littleton, um, and they offer CHW training. So together, we have trained, I think, more than 300, 350 community health workers um, from across uh, across the state, serving people in the, you know, living and and working here in New Hampshire. Um, Yeah, it's really, really exciting. So we have to distinguish between uh, community health workers, CHWs, and uh, the medical profession, because you're not 
nurses. You're not doctors. Right. What right. they sometimes they'll call CHWs like a lay health worker, mm -hmm. um, yeah. more like a peer educator. Mm -hmm. And so they are like, as Victoria said, they're people with lived experience from the community. And so they may have experience working like in rural poverty, for example, mm -hmm. or they may uh, be somebody from the LGBTQ community, or they may be working with a Spanish speaking population. So it really depends on the communities that you're serving. Um, and then the roles that they do can be different, right? So depending on whether they're working in public health or they're working um, in a hospital system. And um, yeah, so we can talk a little bit more about yeah. that. And I just want to add to what Paul is saying that really thinking about CHW, that their scope of work, their expertise is really having those kinds of relationships. And so as someone is interfacing with a healthcare provider, with the medical community, as incredible as our clinicians are, we know that sometimes, unfortunately, either cultural barriers or other barriers, folks aren't really able to access everything right. they need right. to support their health. We also know that clinical health does not produce overall health, right? That social determinants of health, as I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with, impact more of how someone really is able to, to grab, to, to acquire optimal health for themselves as anything that's happening in a clinic. And so that's where a CHW really shines and making sure folks have adequate food, are able to, to receive the health education that they need, are able to receive other supports that really impact how well they and their mm -hmm. families end up being. Yeah, and now it's funny, social determinants of health, social drivers of health, mm -hmm. because they're they're changing some of the lingo because they want um, to reinforce that some of these are systemic things that are happening to people, um, not things that they're doing to themselves, yes. right? It's, it's the environment that's causing, um, you know, places that are food deserts or lack of transportation. Um, and so community health workers often are linking people to services. There's a project called the CHW Core Consensus Project or the C3. And that talks about the different roles and competencies and skills that CHWs need to have. Things like communication skills, um, advocacy for, for public policy mm -hmm. and for individual patients. Um, navigation skills. How do I get you to get a behavioral health provider? Absolutely. Or if you need, um, you know, access to a food bank, mm -hmm. like how do I connect you to those resources? And then some CHWs do what we call outreach, where they're out in the community and they're telling people about the services that are available um, and hooking them up with a medical home or a dental home. Um, and so, you know, so many, they have so many different roles that mm -hmm. they do uh, to help get people the care that they need, you know, when they need it. How are people aware uh, that there are community health workers? I mean, there are a lot of people who uh, probably could use your services that uh, aren't necessarily aware of them. How do they become aware? So I think the radio show is one way, right? We're right now, we have some funding that has come into the state from um, the federal government from a HRSA grant, uh, a Health Resources and Services Administration grant, and also um, through the New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services. They call it a CDC Health Equity or Health Disparities Grant. Um, and so part of that is to do CHW awareness, getting the word out about the availability of CHWs, um, and also people will know about them because they might be linking to them mm -hmm. in their um, 
in their hospital system, in their F federally qualified health center, through the public health networks, through their family resource centers, through their public health departments. And so um, sometimes they'll hear about them like in the public and say, oh, I think I need this. Or more likely, they're, they're saying they're linked to one, mm -hmm. like when they're either doing outreach or they're in their, um, their health facility, I think. Sure. And I'll just say that we see word of mouth, like Paula's talking about, as so critical because, again, we're really trying to facilitate trusted relationships and use those relationships to support folks to reach their optimal health. And so you'll have an individual who's working with a CHW for the first time has someone who speaks their language, understands their culture, and is supporting them on their health journey, it is really easy to share that good news. And so that's something that almost becomes um, that individual within the community. And, and frankly, those are the folks we're looking for to become CHWs or individuals who are well-known in the communities that are trying to be reached or trying to be supported and really ensure that the word gets out in that mechanism as well. And Sandra and I were just talking before the show about her as a CHW and working in the interpretation field. Right. How is she going to do outreach to find people who, who are bilingual, multilingual, and, and trying to think about, oh, what's our outreach plan for interpretation? So it's not always about, you know, getting your blood pressure checked, but there's also outreach for other kind of CHW activities. And so... She's excited, right, to be out in the community. Very excited. I can't wait, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can share your skills with others who, uh, you know, need what you have to offer. Yeah, there is a yeah. lot. The community needs so much. Um, so, and we all have, you know, Southern New Hampshire, AHAC has, has it a lot to, to um, give to the community. Uh, yeah. Including how to become a CHW, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And we'll, we'll be talking about that uh, a little bit later on uh, during the course uh, of the program. And I, I would imagine, just, just a guess, that uh, the CHWs come really from all walks of life. Is that true? Yeah, all walks of life. Um, as I said, I think we have, you know, 350 that have been trained. And so they're they're in northern New Hampshire. They're on the seacoast. They're in Manchester and Nashua. Um, they're part of hospital systems. You know, some of them work in family resource centers. Mm -hmm. And so their focus is really, you know, linking families and children to different resources. Some people are home visitors. CHWs have a lot of different names. It's really like mm -hmm. an umbrella term. Mm -hmm. And so um, sometimes people are doing CHW work, yes. but they might have a different title. And that also for us, trying to build awareness, really makes uh, a, a priority for folks to understand what CHWs do and, and hopefully become connected to the workforce. Well, we're trying to build some awareness today here on uh, Your Health New Hampshire. Great to have uh, all of you uh, in studio. And uh, we'll be joined uh, in our next segment by, uh, by Carly. Uh, on the telephone, and uh, we'll uh, talk with her about her activity as a uh, CHW, a community health worker. Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education, and we will be uh, right back here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Your Health New Hampshire, a program 
presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. And it is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And today, we're talking about CHW. And that's an acronym for Community Health Workers. And in studio today, we have uh, Sandra Osorio, the Interpreter Services Coordinator and Medical interpre uh, Interpreter, and a CHW as well. And uh, Victoria Adewami is uh, with us. How did I do it that time? Amazing. Uh, better than the first time. Ten points to you, uh, sir. And Ten points. Paula Smith in studio will be joined by uh, a guest on the phone momentarily. But, uh, Sandra, uh, what inspired you uh, to become a CHW? Well, it's, you know, part of my job, and I love my job. And I also love uh, to be able, that I'm able to work with the community, with people, so um, if someone is interested in becoming a community health worker, um, you can always go into our website, um, Southern New Hampshire AHAC, is www.snhahec.org, and you can click, go ahead, click on careers, and click again on community health workers. Uh, you can find all the information you need, and um, you can become a CHW. Very good. Good information. And we'll repeat that before the show comes to an end today. And uh, joining us on the phone is uh, Carly Hughes, another CHW. Carly, hello to you. Hello. It is uh, great to have you uh, joining in the conversation today. And uh, what made you decide to become a CHW? Well, I've always been very involved in my community from a young age. So knowing that I was able to come and support the community in another way, just felt right. Did you have a career before this? Um, I worked at the school system for a while. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and you decided to become a, a CHW. Tell us about the uh, community that uh, you work with. So I work primarily in southern New Hampshire a lot, um, focused in the Raymond area, but I've also been out into like Deerfield and Derry. Um, so it's pretty um, rural. So uh, we have like transportation is always an issue for our clients. Um, but it's really beautiful and really homey. I really love the people. What kind of uh, services do you provide uh, in, in those areas? Um, a big service that I provide is um, that I am a health coach. I also work with our uh, a mobile health unit, so I'm out in the community helping um, bridge people to receive health care. And so those are two big pieces, but I um, really love reaching out to people and doing health coaching and helping people kind of connect the resources that they need. Uh, what are some any challenges uh, th that you face as, as a CHW? Um, transportation is always a challenge in our communities. Um, and another challenge, I think, is sometimes just getting a hold of people. But you know, once, I, once I'm there and face-to-face, -face, I feel like we're really successful. And, and how long have you been doing it? About two years. Uh, have you found it uh, rewarding? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I, I love it. I recently um, was health coaching a woman and just hearing, like, how far she's come and going over, like, from beginning to end in her, um, and meeting her goals, it's just, it's very, very rewarding. And that, now you say meeting her goals. In, in what area are we talking about? Um, so this woman was working on reducing her cardiovascular risk, so she was really focused on her blood pressure, so eating healthier and um, getting out and exercising more, so just setting small goals and we met bi-weekly and she just 
she did amazing. I was so impressed with her. Now, what about the training uh, that, that you had to go through to uh, become a CHW? Um, so I did a training through, a heck, I believe it was eight weeks, um, once a week. It was very informative um, and well put together, and, you know, I felt like I was able to get a lot from it. Yeah, and uh, so you've been doing it now for uh, a couple of years, uh, and, and I'm sure you've developed uh, an association with uh, uh, some of the people that, that you touch on a regular basis. I have a good clientele that I love to work with, and I mean the resources they um, they know me, so I'm always like, oh hey, it's it's Carly again. I, I have some a, a patient, and so it's it really we kind of create a whole community of how we can best support people. So why are CHWs uh, so important in the workplace? So I, I really feel like we're meeting a need that that's there. So you have you know care coordinators and counselors that are able to meet in one way, and then you have doctors and providers that are able to, you know, fulfill other needs. But we're able to go in and do the in-between, um, make the connections, really support the person individually. So that way it's not just do this, it's, hey, how can we help you be successful and meet you where you're at? So have you, have you had any uh, moments that you're, you know, you're very proud of, some someone you helped in a, in a special way? And, and what makes you... Uh, you know, so enthusiastic uh, about this uh, service that you provide. Um, so yeah, I've had I've had a few moments. Um, I've also worked with a um, program that works with uh, a mental health facility, and being able to help those patients really see like I have access to care, and my care cares about me, and just being able to see that patients are coming around and being cared for is just so heartwarming, and it makes me realize like we're here for a reason, and we're here to help and we're getting people what they need. Well, and Carly, this is Paula. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because, you know, I was at an event yesterday and they were talking about mental health and that people with mental health conditions, um, they die 25 years earlier than many of people who don't have a mental health condition. And so the fact that you as a community health worker could really help bridge them to get, you know, to get access to care, um, I think that's, you know, you're saving people's lives. And then that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to make things easier for the patients. Like, it, it's so huge. It's, I think it's such an important position that really needs to be expanded on. And we're working on it. That's right. We are working on it. And, and that really has to be rewarding, uh, absolutely, to, uh, you know, touch people in such a, you know, a, a personal way and overhelp some of the issues they have, uh, both physical and mental yeah, and I think, Ken, there are other stories out there. I, I remember a friend of mine, um, they had a patient with asthma, and the patient was in the hospital all the time, and they were like, oh, she's a frequent flyer, right? And that doesn't sound good. Mm -hmm. But then the community health worker went out to the home, and there was mold everywhere. And so no matter how much the doctors wanted the person to be taking their meds or whatever, like nothing was going to help. And so what they ended up doing with the CHW's help um, and some other environmental people, they actually moved the family out of that property, got them a home that was mold-free. And within two months, that child was managing their asthma and they weren't, they weren't having the same, the same impact. And so I think, you know, like Carly says, you know, the, the work really matters on an individual, you know, to each individual. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a terrific story and a great example of why CHWs are, are so important in the communities they serve. And is, is pretty much all of New Hampshire served by CHWs? You know that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I think there are pockets of organizations, right, that are that are using and accessing CHWs. Uh, we are working, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this in segment four about how we're trying to sustain the CHW workforce and 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 help to pay for them so that we can continue. Um, many CHW positions are funded by grants, which are not guaranteed. Um, and so we right now are trying to do this awareness campaign. We're working, you know, on some CHW legislation um, that will come forward probably in the fall. Uh, we're going to reintroduce it. Um, and so there are some really cool uh, things that we're doing and, and helping to get health systems aware of what CHWs can offer them so that more of them take up. Um, you know, and employ CHWs so that we're really meeting the needs um, of the community. Yeah. And uh, Paula's great point, this is Victoria, that exactly uh, as she described, that CHWs are often working in healthcare or clinical settings, in medical centers, or they're working with community-based organizations. Mm-hmm. And neither of those settings necessarily ensure sustainable growth for the field, continuation of positions for the field. And so you ask, is New Hampshire, is the totality of New Hampshire being served? Unfortunately, no. It's Mm -hmm. oftentimes organizations that have been early adopters of the model, but so much of our work and why we're excited to be here is really making sure that awareness, not just of the important for the individual and also the return on investment. We know that historically and in many, many studies, CHWs save an average of $3 for every dollar invested. But the key aspect of CHW work that I don't think is always lifted up is that they do such a powerful job around system change and community resiliency, right? Why are families living in homes filled with mold? Why are individuals unable to get a ride to the doctor? There's historic and systemic reasons And so CHWs are really advocates at the same time to make sure that some of those historical systemic wrongs are being understood and addressed. Outstanding. Terrific point. And uh, Carly, anything you would like to add before we have to uh, wrap up this segment? Um, I would just like to say if anyone is interested in being a CHW, to really get in touch with us um, at Southern New Hampshire AHEC and we'll get you connected to to the classes. Outstanding. Carly, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Bye, Carly. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. And we'll continue to talk about uh, community health workers in our next segment of Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. We have some great guests in the studio, and we will continue with them right after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. So stay with us. Welcome back. This is Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, AHEC, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. Today, we're focusing on community health workers and what is it exactly uh, that they do. In studio with us today, we have Victoria Adewami, Paula Smith, 
and Sandra Osorio. Sandra's been on the show, as has Paula in the past. Victoria is a uh, a first time flyer here on uh, your you health, New Hampshire. Me. But sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a pro. Let, let's put we'll it that see. way. And 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 Victoria, what made you decide to become a CHW? That is such a fabulous question, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> my my writers are excellent. Come on, it takes a team. Yeah, it takes the entire team, and it's a fantastic question because I can't say there was a moment that I decided. I think of the CHW workforce for myself and for others as a calling. It's something that we are really um, given the honor and the privilege to become part of because we are invited into people's homes, into some of the most challenging parts of their lives and the lives of their families, and we're trusted in ways that I don't know that any other workforce or any other job really provides access to. And so I really feel called to the work. I'm a first-generation American. My parents came from Nigeria, and so I was really at a very young age acting as a bridge, like mm-hmm. Paula described in segment one, of helping them understand and navigate systems in the United States, supporting them at doctor's visits, at other appointments. And so this is work that I was doing in uh, in my early, early youth. Uh, a few years later, I'm, I'm 16, as I'm sure you can see. <laughs> Just a few years later, I uh, became, again, called, in, in my own estimation, part of a grassroots a nonprofit specifically working with individuals who had recently resettled new Americans. And I was doing community health work, but I didn't know, I didn't have the language for it. At the same time, I was seeing things happening in people's lives, in their homes, how they would try to interact with systems, how they'd get referrals for different programs and things just wouldn't work out. And I was asking myself these questions of why are things so hard for folks who are trying so hard? And it was really the community health worker training with Southern New Hampshire, Hey, heck, first class. First class. In 2013. 2013. I was 18 then. A couple years later, that's how that happened. Uh, That really gave me, for the first time, the language at not just around community health workers, but around social determinants or social drivers of health, the other things that are happening in people's lives that impact their health. And it was it was a game changer. It completely revolutionized my life personally and professionally. And you said it was a calling, pretty much. Uh, and you hear that uh, with people uh, from all walks of life, really. Uh, what what had you been doing? I mean, uh, just just prior to taking taking the course at AHEC. That is fantastic. So I was employed at the Manchester Health Department to really do outreach mm-hmm. for communities, specifically historically marginalized populations, right. around a community schools project. And so we were really working in schools and in neighborhoods and asking questions, right? What do you like about your neighborhood? What's challenging for you? What resources and services do you wish existed in this neighborhood? And so that was really my frame. And it was the training that I that gave color and context and and texture to things that we were seeing in the community and more importantly for me a network of other individuals to really support my own learning and my own journey to become the community health worker that I am today there you go entirely grateful to Paula and her team and that that community assessment that she's talking about right and it's some people talk about a model called appreciative inquiry, whereas you're looking at communities and you're thinking, what are the strengths, mm. right? Let's not go in and say, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Like, let's really look at and ask them, 
what what do you like about your community? What what are the assets that you have? Um, and sometimes it's the restaurant owner, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's the somebody in the hairstylist. Like there are people who are really active in the community and doing that community assessment. You do want to identify what the barriers are, but you don't want to do that first, yeah, right? And you absolutely. also don't want to decide for a community. I think this is what's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Listen to the community. That's really nothing about us without us. The community health workers are out there and they're in the communities and they're listening and then they're bringing it all back and saying, here are the things that I think this community really needs to work Absolutely. On. And if I can just say one other thing on that excellent, excellent point, the asset-based frame that Paul is talking about, instead of calling or thinking of communities as needy, mm-hmm. right? These are not needy folks. They are extraordinarily powerful. They are resilient. They have agency. And these are the things the community health workforce and community health workers help to galvanize and to really reveal, right, for individuals, right, the power they have to make choices to get uh, whatever it is they want to accomplish in life accomplished, including better health outcomes, done for themselves, right? We don't empower folks, we support their empowerment to be able to encourage, again, optimal health for them and their families. But certainly everyone can use your positivity, uh, <laughs> Victoria. That is for sure, no matter what. We do what, what we can. Yeah, no, no matter <laughs> what yes. frame of mind or, or situation <laughs> you, you, you might be in. Uh, tell us about the community that you work specifically with, Victoria. Absolutely. So I work in the Manchester, New Hampshire area. I love, love working in Manchester because Manchester to me represents so much of what I love about our state that we are gritty, that we work hard, that we care about each other. And even in the face of challenges, we continue to rise up. We continue to do better for ourselves and and for the next generation. And so in Manchester, I work with all residents. I think I I have special emphasis for um, BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color populations, but really it's supporting anyone who's within the Manchester and greater Manchester area. And that greater Manchester, especially during the COVID emergency, we were supporting immunization clinics for folks in Hooksit, in uh, in Deerfield, all over, right? And so really, I think of uh, this population as the nucleus of where so much um, health um, support and health um, health health um, strategy is being incubated to support other folks across the state. And I was going to ask you how COVID did impact uh, what you folks do. Yeah, um, tremendously <laughs> is the oh, short yeah. answer. I mean, tremendously. The, the social isolation and um, and the the lack of transportation, a lot of places like China, we had volunteers actually making masks, sewing them, because at this point, like at the very beginning, you yeah. know, they were not available. And, uh, and the community health workers were giving masks out with food and diapers and things like, you know, toilet paper. Oh, my gosh, there was no toilet paper in Come the stores. On. Like exactly. the, the community health workers were really helping people navigate, okay, you, you can't just go into the health facility now. You have to check in, like, in these special ways and, and making sure we're encouraging um, the, the vaccinations and the testing and, mm-hmm. and just trying to help people 
manage. Absolutely. Um, and when you think about communities of color where there may or may not be a language challenge as well, that community health workers were literally translating information for folks, mm -hmm. supporting around vaccine information and misinformation, yep. and really making sure that folks were able to access all the things they need, food, clothing, shelter, all of that right. in a culturally appropriate way. So I, I again, everything you're saying uh, is bringing me back to those yeah. moments. Mm -hmm. and Let's how, go back. There. I know, exactly. And how challenging it was and <laughs> how hopefully we are reforming our systems today to be a little bit better and a little bit more resilient for the next whatever down the road. So what are some of the challenges you face, even now that uh, COVID has pretty much left us, thankfully? Uh, what, what are some of the challenges that you currently face? Well, we've touched on it, right? Funding, funding, yeah. and a little bit more funding. Most CHWs, as Paula said so eloquently, are in term-limited, grant-limited positions. And that speaks not just to the value of the workforce, right? The fact that you're only promised three to five years of funding. But it also suggests that you may not have a job when the clock's when the clock strikes right. midnight. And right. so what does that do for folks who are working so hard for populations that have been historically marginalized for so long? Another challenge, and this is this is something when we think about some of the CHW organizing that we're doing, is that community health workers, by necessity, right, are health coaches. They are advocates. They do research and evaluation. Mm -hmm. They do referrals to other social organizations. They do so, so much. The scope of work for CHWs is not well-defined. It's broad by necessity because they do so much, and you know, cheerleaders, whatever the whatever the situation calls for. But that also makes it hard for other health roles to understand and appreciate what CHWs do and who they are. So really, that continues to be a challenge of helping other actors, other health actors in the system, really appreciate CHWs. Yeah, and I think we we use the term interprofessional. Um, practice or interprofessional education. And so when you think about a, a physician or a nurse or a social worker or a dietitian, they've all been trained to do that job. What we really need now is um, an interprofessional identity where they're all working together to take care of the patient. Outstanding. Well said. And when we come back, I want to ask Victoria, Victoria what uh, has stood out most, what memories uh, you have most as a CHW. And we'll do that, but we have to take a break here on WKXL 1039 FM in the capital region of New Hampshire, 1019 in Manchester and beyond, 1450 on the AM dial, WKXL, signal that's been around longer than I have. Believe it or not, that's about uh, 77 years for that signal. And uh, <laughs> no matter where you go, nhtalkradio.com. Around the clock, and uh, you can hear us anywhere you go. We'll take a break. The program is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education, and we will be right back. Stay right where you are. We welcome you back to Your Health, New Hampshire on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. Our program focuses on wellness and health education. And in studio, we have Victoria Adewami, Paula Smith, Sandra Osorio from AHEC, 
and uh, so glad that uh, these ladies could join us today for a great program. And we were talking with uh, Victoria's experience with uh, CHW, Community Health Workers, in our previous segment. And I wanted to ask you, uh, Victoria, about any proud moments as a uh, CHW. What, uh, what makes the work worthwhile how much time do we have oh. there's just oh, well. there's you? too much to say yeah, yeah. there's too much to say i'll say in the in the micro and the macro the micro for me i've had an extraordinary clients that i meet on day one and in many ways they've given up right they've tried they've knocked on every door and feel like they're they're stuck and they don't necessarily see a way forward and so my proudest moment is always reminding them that they have everything they need to be able to overcome whatever that challenge is and then not just not just being a uh, an encouraging word but really coming alongside and walking them with them until they're running and I'm just in the back cheering them on so that to me is extraordinarily proud always but truly something that has been so fulfilling for me over the last few years is that we now do CHW organizing throughout New Hampshire we call them CHW connect sessions. They're peer sessions where the purpose is CHWs come together and talk about what is most pertinent, what is most top of mind for them, and really feel that they're the ones directing the workforce. Paula has said it many times, nothing about us without us. And so much of what happens to many workforces without the voice of those who are literally doing the work every day, sometimes there can be mission drift or priorities can kind of go away. So really centering CHW's CHW voice and CHW experiences in those meetings, in those gatherings, has been extraordinarily fruitful for me. Outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell us about CHW common the common indicators project and and survey i would love to let me start and then i'll let my incredible colleagues speak into that so the community health worker common indicators project is a national project that establishes common indicators as you'll see in the name for the chw field what does that mean in real talk so we have chw programs across the country how do we know that they're effective how do we know that CHWs are being supported well? And most importantly, what are, what's the secret sauce? What's the, what's the special things that programs can do well that ensure that they get those incredible outcomes for their clients? The Common Indicators Project works to create those indicators that could be implemented within the evaluation of those programs and help programs self-assess and also communicate to funders or to other leaders. This is the incredible stuff that our CHW program is doing and accomplishing. And so again, things like supportive supervision, things like are your CHWs being adequately paid and resourced? Are there pathways for growth for your workers? All of these things we know from the research really matter in how well a CHW program operates. And so these common indicators, we think about them as out of the, off the shelf ready, can be implemented in any CHW program across the country. And we're excited that we're bringing some of that work to New Hampshire. Yeah, this pilot, like we're one of the pilot sites with the national program, and we're gonna be doing a CHW survey and a CHW employer survey, as well as doing some informational interviews with members of um, people from the state. And so uh, we actually were meeting about this this morning, and so we're hoping to roll out the survey um, 
in in June, mm-hmm. I think. And um, then our hope is to analyze the data and see what we what we see. What does this picture look like? Um, and then do it again yep. in two years to say. You know, what What gaps do we have? What do we have to do for advocacy? Um, and then what progress did we make? And so when we talk about indicators, they're really measures um, of, of how we can document how well people are, are doing in certain areas. And so it's not really a report card. It's more, you know, an assessment of where mm. we are in this at this point in time and then figuring out, okay, so if this is where we are and we're talking about CHW sustainability and we're talking about, um, you know, career paths, two years from now, are we, are we still in the same place mm-hmm. or did we make some progress? For sure. And we know that CHWs work, right? This is a model that has over 60 years of research. One of my dear colleagues, Trini Tea, says that if this was a, a pill, it would have been FDA approved yeah. years and years ago. <laughs> and you still have CHW programs that are struggling for dollars. And so we love this yeah. survey as a way for those programs to be able to demonstrate program effectiveness, which we think contributes to sustainability. That's right. You know, I bet we have fired up a lot of people today because this is this is for men and women. Absolutely. Yes. Not, not, it's not for women only. Well, and Natanga, yeah. who's normally here, right? So uh, yeah. he's a CHW. Exactly. And so we have other CHWs, yeah. um, and some of them are work with the deaf and hard of hearing community, mm-hmm. and some of them are working in public health, chronic disease management, and other people are working like in the breast and cervical cancer area. Like not all CHWs do everything, um, but yeah, it, it's really anybody who has a calling to mm-hmm. um, to serve their community. Um, and so actually, that's a great segue into, you know, how people can get involved. Right now, we have two grants that are out um, in the community um, that provide scholarships or stipends for people to be um to be trained. One is uh, the Health Resources and Services Administration. We call it CHW Advance here in New Hampshire. Um, and then there's also the CDC Equity Grant. Um, and so I think there are some really great opportunities for people if they're interested. And so Sandra, I think you wanted to share some details, right? Yeah. So um, to become a community health worker, again, I'm going to uh, just mention uh, please go if you're interested. If you like to um, work out there in the community, uh, do something that's rewarding and um, feel great about uh, the work you do, come and join us. Uh, so uh, log on to uh, www.snhahec.org. Click careers and uh, also click again, community health workers. You're going to find all the information you need. Uh, we currently have an ongoing training right now. It started on May 8th and um, it runs for seven weeks and um, from 9 to 3 p.m. And um, the training is virtual. So, you know, you um, 
we do the training online and uh, we also have a limited number of scholarship it's uh, available so you you can find all the information there we uh, we have another training coming up on um, fall so uh, don't be disappointed you're not gonna miss it so <laughs> come on sign and, up yeah and also um, you could also google the North Country Health Consortium uh, nchc.org I think is there um, um, is their call sign, and they offer community health worker training as well. And they also host the New Hampshire CHW Coalition. And so that is a membership organization of CHWs and stakeholders. Stakeholders are people who are not necessarily CHWs, but they're interested and supportive of the cause. And so um, the CHW Coalition does advocacy. They offer professional development um, for CHWs. And uh, we have a CHW certification subcommittee, so we can work work on some of that legislation that we were talking about to make CHWs more of a sustainable position. So I think there are some resources in the state um, to help people become um, a CHW, and uh, and the grants that we have right now really will help you know, pay for those scholarships so that people can develop this career path. Um, the HRSA CHW Advanced Program will also pay for some upskilling, and we're in the process of developing a CHW Apprenticeship Program. So another day we'll come back and we'll talk awesome. about that. Um, that's in the planning um that's in the planning stage. So it's really exciting, all the different things that are happening in New Hampshire about community health workers. Um, there's a summit coming up. Um, June 13th, I believe, at the Graponi Center in Concord. Yeah. So um, CHWs and stakeholders can sign up to participate um, in that. And it'll give CHWs um, the opportunity for more networking, more learning. There'll be some vendor booths to learn more and get resources from the community so that they are informed, so that they can then inform their um, their clients or their patients. So um, yeah, it's really, it's really exciting. Um, I think we wanted to talk a little bit too about the different CHW roles. You know, Victoria mentioned, you know, advocacy and research and evaluation. And so not all CHWs do all of these roles. And a lot of it has to do with the funding sources, you know, that they have. Um, and so, for example, when Victoria is talking about CHWs in the schools, um, you know, they might have some specific things that they're working on, but overall, the CHW Coalition is really a place for all CHWs to share lessons mm -hmm. learned and, um, and tricks, you know, how do, how do we best serve our, yes. our patients. And mobilize the workforce, absolutely. Well, you serve your communities uh, very, very well, and it was a delight to have all three of you in studio today to uh, shed some light on uh, community health workers, and we'll focus more on it in uh, upcoming editions of uh, this program called Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, program that focuses on wellness and health education. And thanks to you, uh, Victoria Dewami, Paula Smith, and Sandra Osorio, great to have you with us today here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com.